Welcome to the Money Pilot Financial Advisor Podcast, where you team up with Money Pilot founder, former Army helicopter pilot, and your host, Katie Cannon, to put your money where your heart is. Together, we'll tackle issues big and small so you can take charge and land your financial life. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. When most of us want to invest, we put our money in retirement accounts like the thrift savings plan, a workplace 401k, and IRAs. These accounts have lots of great benefits, like employer matches, and they can give you a tax break now, later, or even both. But for different reasons, you may also save money in a taxable investment account. Maybe you're saving for a goal that comes before retirement, like transitioning out of the military, rental property that produces income, or saving for a special dream. You may save for this in an account with a broker-dealer like Fidelity or Charles Schwab, a robo-advisor like Betterment, just a bank, or even a mutual fund company like Vanguard. But today, we're not going to talk about the why and the where of taxable investments. Today, we're going to dive into how these investments are taxed. The first big thing you should know is that profits on investments can be taxed as income, like your paycheck, or at a lower long-term capital gains rate. Paying less tax is almost always better. I mean, I know I like paying less. So we'll start off getting to know these long-term capital gains. First, what is capital? (laughs) I'm not talking about the one in DC. Uh, Capital assets are things that you buy, hold a while, and then sell, hopefully for a profit, like stocks and bonds, uh, mutual funds, exchange-traded funds, ETFs, collectibles, and real estate property. Once you buy an asset, it can decrease or hopefully increase in value over time. This increase in value is called gain. So the increase in the value of a capital asset is called capital gains. The next thing you need to know about capital gains is they're taxed when you realize them. Now, this is kind of a stupid term. It's not like you wake up one morning and say, wow, I just realized I had a capital gain. Uh, In IRS lingo, you realize a capital gain when you sell your capital asset for a profit or gain. You figure this out by subtracting what you paid for it, called your basis, from what you sell it for. The next thing you need to know about long-term capital gains is what do they mean by long-term? As far as the IRS is concerned, long-term is one year or more. So to make sure you're still with me, if you buy a capital asset like a stock, a mutual fund, or real estate, hold on to it for one year or more, then sell it for more than you paid for it, you have a long-term capital gain, which remember, you'll owe tax on it, 
but the tax rate you pay will be lower than regular income tax. Okay, so how much tax are we talking here? Well, you're probably familiar with how regular income, like from your paycheck, is taxed. Here in the U.S., we have what they call a progressive income tax. So the first so many thousands of dollars that you earn are taxed at 10%. The next so many thousand dollars are taxed at 12%, and so on, all the way up to 37%. We call these tax brackets, and there's seven of them. Long-term capital gains also have their own tax brackets, but there's just three. 0%, yes, there's a 0% tax bracket, 15%, and 20%. So looking at the 2020 tax rates, if your total income for the year was up to $40,000 if you're single, $53,000 if you're head of household, or $80,000 if you're married filing jointly, your long-term capital gains are taxed at 0%. If your income was over that, but under 400000 plus, your long-term capital gain will be taxed at 15%. So most Americans find themselves in this 15% long-term capital gains bracket. But if you're expecting a big drop in income that would put you into the 0% long-term capital gains tax bracket, Maybe you're taking some time off from work after transitioning out of the military, retiring early but before you're eligible for a pension or Social Security, or just in between jobs. This may be a good time to realize a capital gain. If you sell a long-term asset for a profit while you're in the 0% long-term capital gains tax bracket, you pay no tax on that gain. Again, it's 0% tax. You can then reinvest that money in something else and reset your basis. That is what you paid for it. This higher basis means lower gain or profit realized and less tax overall when you eventually sell it than if you had just let that initial investment ride. So let's look at an example. Say you're single. You bought 1,000 shares of XYZ Mutual Fund for $20 a share three years ago. And the good news is it's doubled to 40% a share now. For whatever reason, you expect your income from work to be $30,000 this year. So you could sell 500 shares of your XYZ fund for that $40 a share and get $20,000 in cash. So how will that $20,000 be taxed? Well, your realized gain, that is the profit or gain from the sale is $10,000. That's what you sold those shares for today minus what you paid for them three years ago. So you have $30,000 of income from work and the $10,000 of capital gain from selling some of your stock for a total of $40,000 of taxable income, right at the top of that 0% long-term capital gains tax bracket. So that means $30,000 of your pay will be taxed as regular income, and the $10,000 
long-term capital gains will be taxed at the much lower 0% tax rate. So you could use that $20,000 of cash for expenses if you have to, or like I mentioned earlier, reinvest it in something else like ABC fund. Remember, when you sold that $20,000 of XYZ fund, it had a basis or original cost of $10,000. So your taxable gain was also $10,000. And you paid, I'm sort of air quoting that here, your long-term capital gain tax on that, which was $0. Now you pay $20,000 cash for the ABC fund, which is your new cost basis. When you eventually sell your ABC fund, only the gain above that $20,000 will be taxed, uh, most likely at 15%. Okay, I've just thrown around a lot of numbers, which can be kind of hard to follow on the radio. So again, long-term capital gain is the profit, that's what you sold it for minus what you paid, on investments you owned for more than one year. These gains are taxed at a lower rate than regular income, saving you money in taxes. If your taxable income, including earned income from work and gain on investments, is $40,000 or less if you're single, or $80,000 or less if you're married, your long-term capital gains are taxed at 0%. Above that, it's 15% until you have more than $400,000 of taxable income. Check the tax tables for specifics if you're in that over $400,000 range of income. It's important to remember that even if you won't be in that 0% long-term capital gain bracket, the long-term capital gain rate is always lower than your federal income tax bracket, with just a couple of exceptions which I'll cover in a bit. Hopefully now you have a good idea of what long-term capital gains are and how they're taxed. So let's take a minute to talk about what are not long-term capital gains. First off, if you haven't sold the asset yet, you don't owe capital gains tax yet. For example, dividends you may receive are a share of a company's profits for stock that you still own, not the sale of a stock. Interest you receive on bonds or savings accounts are also taxed as regular income. No sale, no capital gains. What if you sell a bond that you held for more than a year? Then you pay the lower long-term capital gains tax on the difference between what you bought it for and what you sold it for. Also, anything you did sell but did not keep for at least one year is a short-term capital asset and will be taxed at your higher regular income rate as well. Whenever possible, if you need to sell a taxable asset, it's often best to choose one that you have owned for a year or more first. All right, and this may be obvious, but if you sell something for less than you paid for it, it's a capital loss, not a gain. If you sell losers and winners in the same year, you can subtract your losses from your gains 
to determine your tax. If you have an overall gain, that's what you pay your tax on. If you have an overall loss, you can deduct up to $3,000 of that loss from your regular taxable income. The rest of your losses have to be carried over to the next year when you repeat this process. Also for tax purposes, capital losses are only reported on items that are intended to increase in value. They don't apply to items used for personal use that lose value, such as automobiles. Although the catch-22 is that the sale of a car for profit is still considered taxable income. Sell it at a loss and you don't get to deduct it. Another special category is the sale of a personal residence, that is your home. It's taxed as capital gains, but with some special rules. Up to $250,000 of gain if you're single, or $500,000 of gain if you're married, is not taxed if you lived in your home for two of the last five years before you sold it. Our military can have up to 10 years to meet the requirement if you PCS on official orders more than 50 miles away. And federal employees on government orders overseas can suspend the five-year clock while they're away. There are more details than I can cover in today's podcast, so if this applies to you, read up on your details first. The sale of rental property would also be subject to long-term capital gains tax. There's not enough time today to go into all that either. Just know that improvements to property while you own it are added to your basis. And when you sell the property, you'll pay a special 25% capital gains tax on the depreciation that you deducted from your taxes over the years. You'll pay the regular capital gains tax, whatever bracket you're on, on the rest of it. Uh, This is a good topic for a future episode. But again, I just wanted to give you a heads up that the rental property is also subject to long-term capital gains tax uh, and that the depreciation is at a special 25% rate. All right, the last rule for today is that long-term capital gains rate for some assets are taxed at 28%. This includes collectibles like art, stamps, um, coins, and comics, other rare items and antiques, as well as precious metals in any form. These are all taxed at a flat 28%, no matter what your income is. I really want to foot stomp this. If you're a high earner and have a regular income that puts you up in that 32, 35, or 37% income tax brackets, that long-term capital gains tax rate of just 28% is still a good deal. But for most Americans, that 28% long-term capital gains rate for this special category of assets is higher than your regular income tax rate. So if you enjoy collectibles or hold precious metals like gold bullion or silver coins, when you sell these, you pay a set 28% capital gains tax which may be more than the tax you pay for selling anything else and more than your regular income tax. 
So you may buy these items for many reasons, but getting a break on your taxes will not be one of them. Lastly, it's important to remember to keep detailed records of how much you pay for your assets. You'll need that info to set the basis. Again, that's what you paid, so you can subtract it from what you get on the eventual sale. You only pay long-term capital gains on the profit, not the entire amount you receive. Fortunately, if you're buying and selling assets with a broker-dealer, a bank, or a mutual fund, they'll issue you a Form 1099-B, as in Bravo, each year that will list the sales details and basis, and you just plug that into your tax return or give it to your accountant. If you do a lot of selling, there may be a lot of details to put on your return, but it's pretty straightforward. And remember, today we're talking about regular taxable investments, not investments in accounts with their own special tax treatment, like TSP or 401k retirement plans, 529 savings plans, or tax-exempt municipal bonds. These have their own special rules. Well, I know taxes isn't everyone's favorite topic, but the more you know, the better your savings will grow. And if you'd like more details, I'll include a link to the IRS Capital Gains and Losses topic page in the show notes. If you have any questions or would like to propose a future podcast episode, visit our website or drop me a line. Thank you for joining today's podcast. Like to find out more? Visit us at moneypilotadvisor.com. Let's team up and land your financial life.